All right, good morning, Northridge. How are you guys? My name is Pete, and I'm uh, so glad to be with you guys. I live down south. I brought the warm weather. You're welcome. I can't promise it'll be here next weekend, but you got it today. So uh, so glad to be with you. We're kicking off a new series at Northridge. Pastor Brad and I are going to do a series together to kind of kick off the year, and it's called Breaking Through. And the whole idea, the whole concept is, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but when we go into the beginning of a new year, I think there's a lot of excitement, at least there is for me, because it's a chance, it's an opportunity um, for new beginnings, really. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you know that every day is an opportunity for new beginnings, right? His grace is new every morning. But there's something culturally about the idea of a new year where we just feel this sense of excitement, like maybe there's some areas in our life that we need a breakthrough. And so we're going to go through some of those over the next few weeks. Today, we're talking about how do you break through comparison? Uh, and what does that look like in our lives? You know, comparison, the idea of comparing two things, it isn't bad in all areas of life, is it? Um, how many of you this past Christmas bought at least one Christmas gift on Amazon? Raise your hand. Wow, yeah, that's, that's a, a lot of us, right? A, a lot of us, it's good to be Amazon these days. Uh, and, but what I, I bought almost, I don't know, probably 80% of my gifts on Amazon. I always like to save a couple things because I like the excitement of like going into an actual store and buying something. But it's so easy, right, to go online and to buy things. And what I really love about it is it's so easy to compare different things, right? You can look at the reviews. You can see what they say about this and what they say about that. And you can put two things side by side and say, which one is better to suit my needs, right? And, and so comparing things is good with golf clubs and it's good with shoes and it's good with cars, but it's not good with people, right? Compare products, but don't compare people because the moment you compare your life to the life of another person, in that moment, you're always looking for flaws. You're always hoping that somebody else is gonna do less than their best. Uh, when I was in high school, uh, I remember falling in love for the first time. There was a girl, her name was Melanie Goad, and I just thought that she was like everything. She was my life. And so I'm a senior in high school, we fall in love, we're dating or whatever you do when you're a senior in high school. And um, I remember asking her one day, like, what are you gonna do like, when we graduate? Because I was thinking we would just get married, right? And she's like, well, I'm gonna go to college. She's like, what are you gonna do? I'm like, well, I'm gonna go to college. That's what I'm gonna do, right? I was like, where are you going to college? She's like, I'm gonna go to Western Kentucky University. I was like, oh, that's funny. I've been thinking about the same thing. I'm gonna go to Western Kentucky University too. So I follow her to college. Uh, we were at college. True story, my first day that I stepped on that campus was the first day, like the first day of class was the first time I'd ever been there. Like I moved up there like the day before classes. Like I didn't even check the school, I didn't care. That's where she was going, so that's where I wanted to go. So first day of classes, my first day on campus. That's not a good strategy, by the way, for any of you who are like kind of maybe a senior in high school. Uh, so two months later, she dumps me, right? So, uh, but it's okay, like it was a long time ago, I'm kind of over it now. Um, <laughs> this is like a big group therapy session right now. And uh, so she you know, goes on, she starts dating this other guy. Now, if you've ever been through a breakup before, you know, like it, you eventually get to a healthy place where you hope the other person kind of moves on and does well, right? You just don't want them to do well with someone that's better than you, right? You just don't, you don't want them to have an upgrade, right? Well. Melanie upgraded, okay, and his name was Jason, and Jason was this incredibly great-looking guy. 
So, you know, we had a lot of mutual friends, and over the years, you know, uh, Melanie would end up actually marrying Jason, the upgrade, and they would move back to Nashville where I was living, and we still had a lot of mutual friends. And so my friends every once in a while would say, have you seen Melanie and Jason lately? I'd be like, no. They'd be like, that Jason is good looking. They're like, I know, I know he's good looking. They're like, no, like he's like incredibly good looking. I'm like, I know, I know he's incredibly good looking. But I would always throw in there, but you know a guy that good looking is not nice. Like, you know, you know he's selfish. Like, you know he's a jerk. You know there's no way he treats her good. There's just no way, right? So I kind of bought into that line for a long time. Years go by, my kids start to get a little older. They, my kids want to play baseball, right? So we kind of sign up for this youth baseball league. Show up the first day, guess who their coach is? Jason. Pick up the kids after practice. They're like, Dad, Coach Jason, he is the nicest guy ever. He's a great coach. I'm like, all right, so he is good looking and he's really nice. I guarantee the guy's broke. Like, he's broke, right? There's no way he's doing well in life, right? One day we're leaving practice. My kids are like, wow, look at the car Mr. Jason's getting into, right? Mr. Jason's getting into a BMW. My kids literally say, I wonder what Mr. Jason does for a living. Like he probably sells illegal drugs, guys. That's what, <laughs> that's what Mr. Jason's doing. It's illegal. He might be nice, and he might be rich, and he might be good looking, but I promise you, like he's doing something illegal, right? It's no joke. A couple weeks later, he gets out of his car. He has on scrubs, right? My kid's like, Mr. Jason like saves lives. He's a doctor. Like, all right. I'm like, great, why don't you go live with Mr. Jason? He can pay your bills, right? So th this game that we all play in different ways of comparing our life to other people, it just never works out. Now, what's interesting, I spent some time this week kind of looking at some different stories in Scripture, and this idea of comparison, this idea of envy, right, isn't just some, like, casual, subconscious game that some of us play from time to time. It can be a destructive thing. Here's a few examples in the Bible. There's a story about a guy named Cain and Abel. They're brothers. And Cain is jealous of Abel because Abel seems to have God's favor on his life. And Cain could have had that same favor, but he took a different path. And he's incredibly jealous because everything is going well for Abel. You know what this is like, right, for some of you? You look around and you feel like there's just certain people who just seem to have God's favor on their life. And you're like, why does everything go so well for them? Like, it seems like they, they reap God's blessings all the time, and my life's kind of this disaster. Flip over a couple more pages in the Bible, there's a story about Jacob, who envies Esau, because their father seems to some reason love Esau more than Jacob. Some of you know about that kind of envy and comparison. Right, you grew up in a family with Whatever reasons, like, you felt like your mom and your dad favored one of your siblings, and it's kind of haunted you your whole life. There's a story of a guy by the name of Joseph who has brothers that are so envious of him that they sell him into slavery, right? They're envious not only because they feel like their father loves Joseph more than them, but Joseph also has these amazing dreams and visions for where he wants to go in his life. You know about that kind of envy and comparison too, right? You look at certain people and you're like, why, why do they seem to like know their purpose so well? And they feel like you know, they're doing these huge things and here I am and I try things and it just never works out. There's a girl by the name of Leah who's envious of her younger sister, Rachel, because Rachel had so much beauty. 
Some of you spent your whole life comparing yourself to other people feeling like they're just more attractive than you and that you don't feel like you measure up. I'll tell you the interesting thing that I don't think I'd really ever thought about in almost every one of these stories, and there's others in scripture as well, where envy and comparison seem to be like such a, a, a major theme. In almost every single case, envy breeds in proximity. And every one of those stories I mentioned there, those were family stories, right? Envy tends to breed in proximity. This is why envy and comparison will absolutely destroy your ability to form and maintain healthy relationships, right? This is why you don't, you don't really compare your house to the mansion on the other side of the city, right? You compare your house to the other houses in your neighborhood. You don't compare your life to somebody who's like way, way ahead of you. You compare your life to the people that are in your small group or the people that you work with. Envy breeds in proximity. Now, why do we do this? Well, why do we tend to compare? And I think there's a couple reasons, but I think one is we're taught from an early, early age, we're taught to compare. Some of you, again, you had parents who compared you to a sibling or compared you to a cousin. You had teachers who compared you to other students. You had coaches who compared you to other players, right? You had standardized tests in school that compared you to how everybody else was doing. In the workplace, we have evaluations that compare us to how we're doing with everybody else that we're working with. Like our society creates inevitable comparisons and inevitable dissatisfaction. And this whole issue, it's not really a stuff issue. That's what some of you think it is. You think it's a stuff issue, right? And you think, you know, if, if I just had, you know, that house, Right, if I just made the money that they made, right, if I just drove the car that they drive, then, then like, I, I'd be satisfied. It, but it's not a stuff issue. And it's not a people issue. That's what some of you have tried to make it into. You know, it's all those people, right? It's all those rich people. Right? It, it's it's, it's, all, it's all, the, all the bosses. It's all the CEOs, right? It's all the skinny people. It's all, you know, whatever category that you tend to kind of root against. It's not a stuff issue, and it's not a people issue. The reality is for all of us, we have some deep-seated insecurities down into the depth of our soul. And it doesn't matter how much you make, you think, well, if I would have married them, or if I would have lived there, or if I made that, then I'd be fine. But the reality is, we just don't understand often the depth of the brokenness that we all have in our life. And so if you really wanna experience a breakthrough in 2019 in this area, you have to begin to understand that envy, it's not a stuff issue, it's not a people issue. It's a spiritual issue. It's a spiritual issue. And the Bible has a tremendous amount to say about this idea, this issue, and the dangers, the complexities of comparing your life to the life of another person. Exodus chapter 20, verse 17 says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you should not cover your neighbor's wife or his manservant, his maidservant, his ox, his donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. This is God kind of saying, hey, I'm gonna give you some basic rules for life and for community. And at the very top, he says, listen, there's gonna be a tendency for every human being to kind of look over their shoulders to see who gets that office window, right? To see who gets that new outfit, to see who has the most gifted children, to see who gets the new iMac, iBook, iPhone, anything that starts with the letter I. Uh, like, who's gonna get that? There's this tendency for all of us to wanna compare our life to another life, and it's dangerous. Second Corinthians chapter 10 says this, when they measure themselves with themselves and compare themselves with one another, they are without understanding and behave unwisely. Scripture says this tendency that we have 
to compare our life to another life, to compare what we have to what somebody else has, to compare our gifts to somebody else's gifts. That tendency, it's just, it's unwise. And there is this direct connection between your lack of joy and your lack of gratitude and your compulsion to compare. All right, so if you're going into this new year and when you look at your life, you evaluate your life, you're just like, man, I just, I wish I had more joy. I wish I had more gratitude. If you're someone that's kind of going into this new year and you have a lack of joy, you have a lack of gratitude about where your life is, I almost guarantee you that one of the issues that you're struggling with is comparing your life to somebody else's life. It's been said, comparison is the thief of happiness. And I can't tell you how many times like I've been feeling good about my life, feeling good about my family, feeling good about where I am. And then for some reason, like I just take my eyes off my own life and my own path and I start comparing my life to somebody else and instantly it robs me of my joy. Instantly it robs me of my peace. The moment I start comparing my life to somebody else. Because in this whole game of comparison, no matter who you play this game with, you're always gonna find somebody who's prettier, who's smarter, who's faster, who's more popular, who's more gifted. You're always gonna find somebody who is more. You just are. So, what do we do about this, right? How, how do you discover a breakthrough this next year in this area of comparison and envy? Um, let me give you just four practical things that I think we can do this morning. The first one is this. Um, don't use social media as a measurement tool. Um, this, this is a increasingly growing problem as I meet and talk with people who are exhausted and they're broke because they're trying to keep up with everything that they see in their social media feed. Um, and, and I get it. Uh, social media is to envy what gasoline is to fire. And so if this is something that you struggle with, then social media is going to wreak havoc in your life. Uh, I've noticed this, this pattern in my life lately of like, I just kind of like wake up in the morning and the first thing I do, I think part of the problem is my phone is my alarm. So I turn off the alarm, but now the phone is in my hand. And as soon as the phone is in my hand, it tends to just drift in front of my face, right? And I'll go to Instagram. Uh, now this is after I've read half the New Testament, of course, but um, <laughs> obviously. Uh, but I'll start like flipping through. And I love Instagram, right? I'm not hating on Instagram, it's fun. I get to keep up with some of you guys through Instagram. So it's, it's great, it's a beautiful tool. But if you're not careful, it can be a dangerous tool too, right? So I'm just flipping through my Instagram feed, right? I'm just laying there in bed and wow, there's this guy who just released his new ebook, right? And there's two friends of mine who just announced this collaborative project that they're doing together. And uh, here's this guy and he just ran six miles in 32 minutes. And like, I'm in bed in my pajamas, right? And I'm instantly start my morning by thinking, I'm behind. Right, I'm behind, like I should be doing more than laying here in bed in my pajamas. Like I, I should like be doing, now the reality is, is it, am I really behind? No, right? Is anybody really keeping a score? No, like is everybody posting all those different things to try to make me feel envious of what they're doing? Pro probably not, right? But if I'm not careful, it is so easy to start to look at a social media feed and start comparing my life to their life compare my, my, my life to their highlight reel, because that's, let's be honest, that's what Instagram and all social media is, the highlight reel, right? Compare my life to their highlight reel, and I start to just think, I'm not stacking up, right? I start flipping through there, and I'm just thinking about all the stuff I'm not doing, 
all the dreams I'm not fulfilling, all the people I'm not hanging out with, all the rooms I have failed to decorate in a Pinterest-worthy manner, right? And I just feel like I'm, I'm way behind. How am I stacking up, right? So use social media, not like you wouldn't if I told you not to, use it but don't use it as a measurement tool. This isn't a social media problem, by the way. This is a comparison problem. We've just shifted this issue that we've had forever to kind of a new area, and I think we just need some awareness about that. The second thing I would say, real practical, if you wanna break through in this area, choose admiration over envy. This is interesting, maybe you've never thought about this. I really hadn't spent much time thinking about this, but um, the emotional response of admiring somebody and being envious of somebody, are, there's a very thin line between those two. Both those remo- uh, emotional responses, right, basically point you back to what you value the most. So whenever you, you sense admiring somebody, whenever you sense being envious of someone, that, that's kind of like a, um, on the dashboard of your life, is pointing you to what it is that you value the most in life. Now, the difference between the two is admiring somebody can actually lead to some positive results in your life. Being envious of somebody will not lead to positive results. So um, my thing is whenever I'm envious of someone, what I wanna do is kinda start asking a couple questions that take my focus off their life, because I can't do anything about that. That's not doing me any good. And I want the focus to come back onto my life. And, And what is that envy? What is that admiration telling me? So here's a couple questions I kind of came up with that kind of helped me. I asked myself first, what do they have that I wish I had, right? Whether it's admiration or envy, what do they have that I wish I had? Then I say, what do I admire about them? Even if my, even if my initial response is envy, I have, to, I have to flip that and say, okay, what is it? Let's be honest. What is it that I really admire about them? Then I'll ask, what, what did they do to get to where they are today? Again, because it's real easy for me to compare my rough draft to their finished product. So what, what, what have they done to get to where they are today? What qualities in them inspire me? And see, what happens when you start asking those questions is it takes the focus off them and it gets the focus back where your focus needs to be, which is the heart of the matter, which is your own desires and your own fears. Okay, so it's just a switch. So what I wanna do is choose admiration over envy because that can lead to positive results. Then the third thing is I wanna allow comparison um, to become celebration. And I'm a big champion of this. This is one of my New Year's resolutions this year. As I've said, I wanna throw encouragement around like confetti. Like every environment that I'm in, every conversation that I have, I wanna find a way to encourage the other person because I don't know about you guys, I'm getting really exhausted by the culture we live in. And I feel like it is such a negative culture and I don't care what news channel you choose to watch, what papers you choose to read, who you choose to hang out with, what kind of small talk you have around the water cooler at work. It seems like every environment that I'm in, I hear negative, negative, negative talk. Somebody beating up somebody else because they should have done this, they should have made this decision. And I'm tired of it, right? And. I think, I really believe, there's some things that we can do about this. Listen, start with this. Your friend's accomplishments should be reasons for celebration, not bitterness. When you have a friend in your life, when they accomplish something, no matter how small, no matter how large, no matter whether it brings up admiration or envy inside of you, in that moment, it should be a trigger to choose to celebrate them. 
Because I think a lot of times we underestimate the power of our words, right? Like, if you see something that you admire in somebody, tell them. We tend to think, oh, they already know. No, tell them there's so much power. God has designed our words to have a tremendous amount of impact on another person's soul, right? And there's no neutral words. So when you speak words of life, like you, you, you can plant seeds of encouragement in somebody just by speaking these words, right? In fact, I think this is so important because it is very, very difficult to be envious of somebody that you're always encouraging. And so I think what you'll find is the more that you encourage the people around you in your life, the more you encourage your kids, the more you encourage your spouse, the more you encourage the people at work, the people in your small groups, the people that you run in, the more that you encourage, the less that you are going to compare and the less envy you're going to see in your life. I think it's really, really important. And here's the fourth thing. This is the last thing. This might be the, the most important if you want to break through in comparison. That is you have to get straight who God has made you to be. And I, I believe this is key. James 3.16 says this, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Some strong words right there, right? Because God knows what happens when we envy. Envy just destroys our self-worth. It destroys the uniqueness that God made us, right? It, it destroys the constructive work of the spirit in our life. And part of what I want to help you begin to understand today, and I have to remind myself of this on a regular basis, every time God creates, he does so with intention. Think about that. Every time God creates, he does so with intention. There's nothing about you that's a mistake. Nothing. And I think we have to remind each other of that from time to time. And what ruins the reality of your unique creation is when you compare your life to somebody else, when you play the I wish game. And I play this game, I'm embarrassed by it. You know, there, there are times I'll think, man, I, I, wish, I wish I could lead like Pastor Brad, because he's, he's just a tremendous leader, right? I'll, I'll, instead of just celebrating his gift of leadership, I wish I could lead like, like someone like Pastor Brad. I wish I could preach like so-and-so. I wish I could be creative like so-and-so. Right? You gotta do yourself a favor. Don't play that game. Nobody ever wins that game. And primarily, we envy and we compare when we start looking for our own value and our own worth outside of ourself. And the fact is, our God, our creator, longs for us to learn to be truly content with who he's made us to be and what he's chosen to give us. And what we all have to recognize, and I think this is true for almost every one of us, there's this voice inside of our head. And, and this voice sounds a whole lot like you. It really does. It's amazing how much this voice will sound like you. And this voice rarely stops speaking. And this voice is constantly saying things inside of your head like, you just don't measure up. Right? The voice is constantly saying things like, you're just not good enough. You're not talented enough. You're not creative enough. You're not pretty enough. You're not strong enough. You're not gifted enough. This voice inside of your head is always trying to grab your attention and say things like, look at them. Look at that guy. Look at that girl. You'll never measure up to them. The voice is always reminding you, you don't have what it takes. You'll never have what they have. And I, maybe some of you have found a way to completely get rid of that voice. And if you have, I'd love to know the secret to that. I have not been able to get rid of that voice in my head. 
where I've found a lot of growth in my life though is becoming aware of that voice and becoming aware that yes, that voice exists and that voice sounds a whole lot like me, but that voice is not me. It's not. And that voice is certainly not God. And so I become aware of the voice, but I realize that voice isn't me. I don't have to listen to that voice. Galatians chapter four says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Let me pause for just a second because I don't want you to miss this phrase, to buy. The literal word there is redeem. God did something to redeem us, to buy us back, to regain what was lost, to, um, the word picture here is like, to join back something that has been broken. I think this is really important, okay, because Jesus did not come just to forgive you. He didn't come just so you could get into heaven, right? Part of what Jesus did for us is he redeemed us. He begins healing the broken parts of our lives if we allow him. In fact, in just a couple minutes at the end of the service, uh, we kind of have a challenge for you going into this new year of saying yes to God in some areas that he can redeem and restore. And so there's almost always requires a step of faith on our behalf. It almost always requires action. But I want you to understand what Jesus wants to do for you is not just forgive you, but also to redeem you, to bring about restoration in your life in the here and the now, right? And this verse goes on, verse six. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but you're God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Now some of you are like, okay, well, what does this have to do with envy and comparison? It has everything to do with envy and comparison. This language here of Abba, Father, it's very, very intentional. This idea that your worth and your value comes not from what you do, not from what you accomplish, Your worth and your value comes from who you were created to be, that you are God's child. You are his son, right? You are his daughter. And what happens in life is we go through life and we're constantly looking to the left and to the right. You look at your life and you compare it to this person over here. And then after a while, you start comparing your life to this person over here and you compare what you have and you compare who you are and you compare your gifts and your abilities. You're constantly looking to your left and to your right. As long as you're looking to your left and to your right, there's gonna be a void. There's gonna be emptiness in your life. You're not going to become the person God created you to be, right? And that's what this series is all about, by the way. Breakthrough is all about this fact that Jesus has come to give you life to the full. And yet very, very few of us are really living life to the full because we have to break through some areas. And one of the ways that we break through this is we stop looking to the left and the right and comparing who we are and our gifts and our abilities to all the people around us. Stop looking to the left and right and we look up. Because when we look up, we are reminded that we are a child of God. When we look up, we're reminded that we're one of his. When we look up, we're reminded that our worth and our value come not from what we do and from what we accomplish in this world, but from the fact that we are God's son and we are God's daughter. And when you stop trying to prove yourself, then you can actually start being yourself. And what this world needs from you is not for you to try to prove yourself. You've got nothing to prove. Right? When you live looking to the left and to the right, you constantly feel like you have to prove yourself. This world doesn't need you to prove yourself. This world needs you to be yourself. This world needs you to live in the freedom that you are a son and a daughter of the God Most High. 
And it's in that freedom, right? It's in that acceptance. It's in that love that we begin to live the life that God has for us. So part of my prayer for you going into 2019 is that you can learn to stop looking to your left and stop looking to your right and start looking up and understand that your value and your worth comes from our God, from our creator who longs, longs for you to have the peace that only comes when you look up. Will you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, um, we're grateful, first of all, just to be here. We're grateful for a beautiful day. We're grateful for the beginning of a new year, that we're here, that we're living, that we're breathing. Because there were times last year for some of us that we didn't feel like we were gonna make it. And yet we're here. And we feel the anticipation of going into a new year, with the hopes and dreams that maybe this year would be better than last year. And yes, the reality is that many of us do, do desperately need a breakthrough. And for a good number of us, it needs to come in this area of envy and comparison. We waste a tremendous amount of our time and our life playing this game of comparing our life to other people's life. And so God, I pray that you would just remind us today that there are some practical things we can do. We can celebrate instead of compare. We can do that. We can choose to encourage instead of getting bitter. And God, we can learn to stop looking to our left and to our right and we can start looking up to you more where we will be reminded that we are radically loved and accepted. And it's from that acceptance and that love, it's from that worth and that value that we get from you that we can live lives of freedom. So God, remind us of that worth, remind us of that value, remind us of the unique that we each hold and embody because you created us. And whenever you create, you do so with intention. God, we love you and we're grateful for you. For it's in your name that we pray, amen. Well, uh, as we've been talking about this idea of breaking through, uh, Pastor Brad, although he's not here today, he has a video message for you guys, very important message about how you can experience a breakthrough in 2019. Watch this. Happy New Year, Northridge family. I, I hope you've had a terrific holiday season with your family, friends, and loved ones. I, I have to tell you, I've really cherished mine this year in an extra special way. You may or may not know my mom passed away about a month ago, and it's just really cast a whole new perspective for me on what's important. In fact, I'm down in Bonita Springs where my mom lived the last 30 years of her life, and this is her house. And I'm just reminded that it's not the things she collected, it's not the things she accomplished, it's who she became as a person. And I have to tell you, my mom became an unbelievable person, reached the fullness of her potential because of her relationship with Jesus. And so I realized with all the things that I have to do as a human being, I need to make sure I put Jesus first and foremost. And I, as I lead Northridge, I, I just, I wanna encourage you to do the same thing. In fact, our team has put together an environment and an opportunity for every single one of you to take a next step in your spiritual journey to becoming everything you long for, everything God created you to become and to experience the fullness of his promises. But, but we can't do it for you. You have to make the choice. And so the reality is you're one yes away from experiencing the life God designed for you. You're one yes away from becoming more of the person you long to become, but you have to say yes. So this weekend and for the rest of this year, won't you say yes? Yes to that next step. 
yes to that study, yes to that opportunity to know Jesus more and to become more like him. You're one yes away. So happy new year, can't wait to be back with you. But until then, I hope you'll start saying yes to becoming more in 2019 than you were in 2018 because you're doing more to follow Jesus. Bye everybody. All right, so, oh, go ahead. Yes, please. Isn't he great? Uh, so this is really important. Uh, like as Pastor Brad just said, um, we really believe that you're one yes away from a completely different year. And so why not take that step of faith? All you have to do is text uh, YES2019 to 313131. And what's gonna happen when you do that is you're gonna get this really cool like um, self-assessment back. All right, and it's not, I, I did this last night, it was a lot of fun. It takes like three minutes on average, took me five minutes, I'm a little slow. Three to five minutes, right? You just do this little self-assessment and then we're gonna send back a, a custom email to you that tells you what your best next step is. And this is important because whether or not this morning like this is your first yes to God or whether you've been saying yes to God for three or four decades, it doesn't matter. Like we all have a next step. The, the moment you think you don't have a next step, Right, the moment you think you've arrived, oh man, that's the moment we all get in trouble, right? We all need to continue to grow and look for opportunities to become more like Jesus. And so I just wanna encourage you, why not take the step of faith and just text YES2019 to 313131 and take that personal assessment. Um, it'll just take you a few minutes and then we'll tell you, hey, what, here's some best next steps for you to take in your life. So if you're serious about growth, you're serious about wanting to become the person that God created you to be, I really wanna challenge you to do that. You can do that right now. I'd encourage you to do it before you leave the building. If not, do it as soon as you get home. Um, I think it'll be a really powerful thing and a great next step for you in 2019. All right, we love you guys. I uh, hope you have a great week and we'll see you next weekend. God bless. This heart that is not